here's someone you should meet. made it y'all episode two there's someone you should meet thanks for joining thanks for hopping on taking time out of your day to listen we appreciate you you're gonna love my guest today miss kendall vinson don't want to spoil anything so i'm just gonna say these are the people that come up in our conversation john mayer bradley cooper and beyonce knowles that's all i got to say you don't want to miss out on it. Then Vince and I, we're breaking down Loki, episode two. We're talking time travel. Of course, hot takes galore. If you have a good time, give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Share on social media. Tell your friends. Regardless, enjoy the show. Do it to it, Lars. Welcome, friends and fam. Today, there is someone you should meet. My guest today is a teacher here in Dallas-Fort Worth. She is a world traveler, pop culture enthusiast, and a grandmaster at finding and meeting celebrities. You can also listen to her with her co-host, Audrey, on their podcast, Pop, wow, pop Sports Talk. Excuse me. Uh, she knows just enough information to be dangerous at a dinner party. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss... Kendall Vinson. Oh my gosh, Welcome. that was amazing. <laughs> a grandmaster <laughs> of meeting celebrities. That I'm gonna receive that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, listen to your stories and from yeah, from my eyes, that is that is professional work in my thank you. It's been years of yeah, practicing the craft and yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> You are welcome. I do need to start though with I have to confess something to you. So, uh, so yeah, on this show, um, it's very hard hitting journalism. A lot of research done, and in the thick of my uh, research, I accidentally liked an Instagram post from about five years ago. <laughs> you went deep in the archives, didn't you? <laughs> there's something i was trying to remember i was like is, was there something and yeah i went i may have gone down an instagram way and all of a sudden i looked down and the red heart was lit was lit up and that, I, was like, I was like oh no i didn't get the notification so that's actually good to know because you know sometimes if you're ever like well you're married now but so you probably don't obviously don't do this but if you're stalking someone looking through and you're like oh my gosh i almost like you drop your phone and you're like did i hit a like like they're not, if you unlike it, maybe you won't get the notification because we all do it, right? Like, but yours was research-based for a podcast. It sounds like a totally legitimate experience where I'm like, no, I'm researching you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, that's just the work, the hard work that we do on this, on this podcast. Yeah, I totally get it. Uh, yep, yeah, I mentioned you are a grandmaster. I'm just going to name off three names. And I don't think anyone could, I don't know if anyone can top this list of not only celebrity sightings, but celebrity interactions. 
I'm just going to name off three names. Stephen Jenkins, Third Eye Blind, lead singer. Bradley Bradley Cooper. Have you ever heard of him, people? <laughs> and uh, I, I'm apo- I apologize. I feel like I haven't been as respect- respectful to someone who has been blessed by the Beyonce. <laughs> A Beyonce blessing. <laughs> yes. For, uh, I would not I would not be doing a good job if I did not ask if you could just describe that experience of getting getting to meet and actually say say a few words and hear a few words from the Beyonce Knowles. Okay, so let me set the scene for you. It was 2017, and my friends and I, we go every year to LA during the Oscar time. It's something um, I've just always been fascinated with the Oscars, with the speeches, and just with famous people in general. And so started doing that um, right out of college. And we just see so many celebrities that weekend. It's like everyone's in town. And so we were at the montage in Beverly Hills and we weren't really having luck that night. And we were like, where is everyone? And I was with um, three of my girlfriends and two of the girlfriends were like, hey, we're going to go up. It's been like a night. We're tired. You know, we've all been standing around in our heels forever. And so they went up and then me and my other friend, Lindsay, were like, you know what? We're just going to like stick around for a little bit. We have like a feeling. And so they're like, okay, cool. We'll see y'all in a few thinking we'd be up in just a little bit. And so all of a sudden it was like, I was standing there and I look and Lindsay and I both go, oh my gosh. And the elevator opened and out came like Beyonce and she looked like a goddess. She was pregnant with the twins and she was with Jay-Z, which we didn't even Mm. notice, right? Because we're so just like fixated on Beyonce. So I like leave my purse and I like run over to like the foyer and she just walks by us and we didn't even think we didn't have our phones or anything to ask for a picture. And like no one was in the lobby. And my friend Lindsay said to her, she goes, I love you. And Beyonce goes, I love you. And then she goes, God bless you and your family. This is what my friend Lindsay said. And we don't say that. Like, that's a kind of an odd thing. Like, God bless you. God bless you. (laughs) And Beyonce goes, God bless you. And she looked at Lindsay and looked at me and I said, hi, I love you. And so I'm receiving the blessing as well from Lindsay saying that and Beyonce blessing us. And so we were like, 2017 is going to be it and then we're like you know what a Beyonce blessing is good for years to come so that's one of like it's eternal no doubt (laughs) yes and we went up afterwards like we were on on one afterwards we went up and we were like on a a natural high right and we're like (laughs) we opened the door and our friends are asleep and we're like Beyonce we just met Beyonce and Jay-Z and they're like stop it stop it and we're like we're no we're serious like she literally blessed our lives and they're like (laughs) what like go to sleep and we couldn't go to sleep and then they didn't believe us and the next day like the pictures came out of her like leaving the montage with the green dress looking angelic and yeah so that's the Beyonce blessing story (laughs) so what you said Jay-Z Jay-Z was with her what is he doing yeah. during this? Is he just is he just kind of doing other stuff behind her or something? Or he was right he... next to her, but it was just like I I seriously just glanced at him, but I was just so taken 
aback because she literally takes your breath away. Like she's just, and she was so nice and kind. And so, so like part of me wishes I would have had my phone to be like, Hey, can I get a picture? But at the same time, like we were in the moment and we weren't like worrying about our phones or taking a picture. And so you can really remember it, Mm. remember the blessing. Mm. (laughs) Tell me more about what you're feeling afterwards. Like, were you, were you able to float, like levitate? Were you glowing? (laughs) Were you able to move things for your mind temporarily? Yeah. I feel like, yeah, it was just we literally yeah, floated around. We were being ridiculous. And I think good things happened the rest of the weekend, you know, from that blessing. And 2017 was a pretty good year thinking back. So anytime something good happens, we're like, it's the Beyonce blessing, like just joking, (laughs) obviously, but But not really. It's (laughs) it absolutely is. (laughs) Are the friends that stayed in bed, are they still bitter (laughs) to this day? You know what? No, like they're actually, and that's like, those are best friends for you. Cause they were so happy for us. Right. Cause they made the decision. They were so tired and mm-hmm. we had been, a, and like, I really am like majorly extra on those trips. Like I'm going to put in the time, like I don't get tired. And so I need someone to kind of be like, okay, it's time. Let's wrap it up because I literally will stay forever and try to meet and mingle. And so I can see why they, it was probably time for us to leave, but there was something, you know, telling us to stay. And so they've actually, they're really gracious about it. And when we talk about it, they're not like, like roll their eyes or anything. They're just like, we couldn't believe it. It was so funny when they, when they came in (laughs) later thinking about it. (laughs) I guess at this point they've gone through the five stages of grief, you know, been able to process (laughs) it properly exactly and they're now, making meaning now <laughs> they're yeah they're able they've they've grown and matured heard from the experience that's uh, that's good that's good Definitely. to hear yeah tell me more yeah so i've heard about these incredible trips that you've done to to la just what is that like so when you're out and about is it having fun with the hope of someone walking by or y'all hearing that someone may be somewhere and trying yeah. to meet a certain spot yeah kind of what is outside so of the Beyonce experience what what does like a typical trip look look like for y'all so it started with I just I was trying to find um Zach Braff like that was my life goal in college because I loved the show Scrubs and of course. Yes. so I had something called Operation Meet Zach Braff and it was like just a goal and something funny like every time my best friend lived in LA. So, so I had a place to stay and then I would just go off on my own and just drive around LA to pop culture places. And then I was like, you know what? I really want to come during Oscar time. And I had somehow found up while doing my re found while doing my research that they have a night before party at the Beverly Hills hotel. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, they have this place called the polo lounge where you can, where it's like a famous place where celebrities will go because they're not bothered by people, Mm -hmm. right? People don't ask to take pictures because if you ask, you get kicked out, right? And so they kind of, it's like their safe place. So you just, as the public, you can go to it. Like, so we got a reservation to go eat there the night of that party. So the night before the Oscars and, um, So we literally were sitting next to Reese Witherspoon, Johnny Depp, um, or no, not Johnny Depp, sorry. Um, 
Reese Witherspoon, um, her husband, Jude Law was who it was, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. They were all sitting at a table and like, just you're like, oh my gosh. Goodness. Yeah. And so that's like, so you're sitting at the restaurant, but where you see the most people is when you're waiting in the valet line for your car. So the trick was we would eat dinner and you're hoping you're sitting next to someone, but you know, you just get to like, get, you're sitting pretty close, you get a glimpse. And then when you go wait for your car, you try to stay as long as possible. So the people will come up to you and they'll be like, Hey, do you have your ticket? And we're like, Oh no, my friend's in the bathroom. And like, you make up a story so that you can stay waiting in the valet line. Like literally Leonardo DiCaprio walked by me, which like, he's like been my ultimate since eighth grade. And you're like, Oh my gosh. And Mine too. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. And he was like holding all these merch bags, like I guess, or swag bags that they got from the party. We stood next to Matt Damon and we actually asked, like, so I told myself, okay, whoever you see, you have to decide, is it worth asking for a picture or trying to engage? Because do I want to just like be in the presence or do I want to try to like shoot my shot and like get some time with them but they might disappoint me right mm -hmm. like they might be rude they might you know who knows and so like Leonardo DiCaprio had like an aura around him like leave me alone so we did not try to talk to Leonardo DiCaprio but like John Krasinski I'm like hey like I just know he's gonna be like someone who like he's approachable mm -hmm. and so I went up to him and I was like you know Hey, like, we love you. Like we've loved you through college, you know, watching the office. And he was like, that's so nice, whatever. And, and he took a picture with us really fast. And so that was really cool. I was walking at the end of the night one night I turned and I was walking down the stairs and I felt a hand on my back and I turned and it was Bruce Willis. And I go, wow. Bruce, <laughs> and he goes, that's all I could think to say. And he goes, walking in heels is hard isn't it girls and I was like oh like brought down so fast but he was like it was funny and I was like oh yeah you know we've been out a long time tonight and he's like where are y'all going after and I'm like is Bruce Willis like trying to make plans with me I don't know uh -oh. but he was really he was very attractive and I was like okay I've never really understood the die hard thing but now I get it like after seeing him in person so it's like that like you'll just see people everywhere and it's kind of like a celebrity celebrity high <laughs> so <laughs> that's really like and you'll just make reservations around town and um the tower bar at the sunset tower is where you see a lot of people like Matthew McConaughey we've talked mm -hmm. to John Mayer there yeah it's it's just like kind of hopping around town <laughs> It's a fun game. <laughs> so you mentioned, so you mentioned aura. So is it just kind of going off feel like just kind of the situation that you're in mm -hmm. and you're just like, yeah, if you can kind of sense like this is a good environment to approach and ask for a photo versus like, Oh, I can see they're doing this or being, being this way. I'll, yeah. I'll stay, I'll like you can back. tell, yeah, you can tell like eye contact, what, what, like if they have like blinders on, like looking at the car, not looking around, um, then you're like, I'm not going to even try mm -hmm. this. Right. But if mm -hmm. they just, you can kind of just sense a warmness and you're like, all right, I'm going to, and then you also have to think, is it worth it to me? Like to get maybe kicked out 
And then you're like, okay, they're my ultimate. Or if it's someone that you're like, oh, they're cool. Like that I, you know, it's not that worth it. Then you might just watch them walk by and be like, Mm -hmm. cool. Like, I'm going to just note that, you know, I've been next to them or something in their presence. So. (laughs) So for all of us hopeful to have even one of these kind kinds of interactions, what as, as a grandmaster, what would be, what would be your advice or just sage teaching to us novices of how, how to, how to approach a celebrity and, you know, take, take that bold step to ask for a photo or just to simply say, hello, how would you, yeah. How would you teach us? That's a good question. Um, I would say being at the right place at the right time, right? So doing your research and knowing where people show up at. Also not getting there early. Like mostly like celebrities are going to be going to dinner at late times and also knowing when to approach. When I found like the best time to say something is when they're leaving. So never going up to their table, right? Like that's a no. So I think it's fair game if someone's at the valet line, right? Like I'm like, they're, you're waiting for your car. You can make small talk, like they're people, right? So it's like, they could be rude. And then who, then you're like, man, you know, so you have to think about it. Is it worth it? And then also remember, yeah, there are people you can approach them and say something like you'll survive. And if not, it's like a funny story as well. Um, with John Mayer, it was like, he was leaving the restaurant. And I told my friends beforehand, I said, I'm really nervous to talk to John Mayer because he's super quick, super witty. And I feel like he might turn the conversation on me and I won't even realize it. Right. And then I'll be like, Oh, is he making fun of me? (laughs) Or is he flirting with me? Like, I'm not (laughs) sure. And they were like, whatever, whatever. And I was like, I swear, like, I feel like that might happen, happen. And so he walked by and like my friend's they're like, we're not going to say anything. And I was like, for some reason, I was like, I can't, I don't want to regret not saying anything. Mm-hmm. And so if you feel it, right. If you're like, okay, I'm not, I'm going to regret it. Then you have to say something. Right. So I go, John, and he stopped and turned. And I was like, I didn't really have anything else to say. So that's also something, think about what you're going to say. And I was <laughs> like, I go, but also just kind of be yourself and be genuine. And I was like, you know, I go, Hey, I go, we love you. You know, we just wanted to say hi. And he goes, Oh, he goes, where are you girls from? And I couldn't believe he was like engaging. I was like, Oh my gosh. And he kind of like walked a little bit towards our table and I go, Oh, you know, we're just here for the Oscar parties. And so I kind of lied, which isn't the best thing to do. And, but I panicked under pressure and he was like, Oh, what Oscar parties are you going to? And I said, Oh, I go actually. And then I, I had to tell the truth. And I go, we're actually from Texas. Like I'm a teacher. And I said, we just, you know, wanted to come have dinner here. And he goes, Oh, he goes, I thought of a word for this. He goes, it's called fringing. He goes, it's when you and your friends come to sunset tower during Oscar time and you pretend like you don't know what's going on. And he goes, that's brilliant. Good job. And I looked at him and I go, thank you. I'll receive that. Like (laughs) he's calling, I think he was making fun of me. Right. And then he goes, I'll see y'all later and turned and left. And I looked at the girls and I was like, did he do exactly what I just said? Or was he flirting with me? Like, I'm not sure. And so we laughed about it. And 
Um, but I'm like, at the same time, like I got to talk to John Mayer, right? It's kind of cool. (laughs) So that would be my advice is just, yeah. (laughs) Well, my title for the podcast is going to be John Mayer flirted with me. So I would phrase it. I love it. (laughs) Is John Mayer flirting with me? That really did run through my head. So (laughs) just the fact that you asked the question, that's you're already in the one you're already in the less than one percent there i love it does it does it help that you are a former tv star yourself does that make it easier um to approach to approach these celebrities and of course i'm talking i am talking about your phenomenal run on the show cougar town that we saw oh my gosh (laughs) yes that is the that is the in-depth research we do on this this show for the listeners out there cougar town is uh probably the it's probably the silver medal show of courtney cox i would yeah i would say had a had a very good run on on t on tbs there mm-hmm. and uh you and yours truly uh miss kendall was on was on the show as an extra so i had <laughs> had the show you know when we bring when we bring celebrities on you know we want to make sure you know we make a comforting environment and um, <laughs> I'm so impressed <laughs> I was like I had a moment I go did I tell him about that like you know because I feel like we talked and we were in the same home group and we would talk about your encounter with coach Taylor you know <laughs> well, and uh, I was like mesmerized by now. that yeah like that is the ultimate and so I feel like I was like did I tell him about that but I you found it in the archives. So. Yes, so, Cougar Town. Oh man. Yes. How did that? How how did that come to be? How were you able to get get on the set and actually be uh, be a part and be a be a background double of a scene? So this also goes back to Operation Meet Zach Braff. You know, it's a full circle moment. Um, he, I, my first time in LA, I looked up, I told you, I looked up how to, I literally Googled it at my desk at work. How do I find Zach Braff, which I probably should have been teaching or doing something, <laughs> but, and up came this site and it was called, I am not a stalker.com. And I was like, Hmm, that sounds something up my alley. And I clicked <laughs> on it and I typed and it showed the hospital where they filmed scrubs. And it's actually like an old abandoned hospital off Riverside. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it showed all the pictures around it. I'm like, I'm going to, that's going to be on my pop culture tour by myself. I'm going to go on while my friends at work during spring break. And so when I showed up, I did, I got in my car and I drove on the lot. Right. And so the key is you never, um, you just act like you belong. That's what I've learned. So don't yeah. ask people for permission. Like, mm-hmm. can I come, go in there? Or like, what are, what's happening here? You just have to be confident, like fake it till you make it right. Mm-hmm. Confidence is key. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I pull on the lot in my rent car. Right. And I, I get out and I just like kind of walk and I see that there's this prop guy and he's sitting out and he's putting all these stickers on football helmets And I thought they were still filming the show Scrubs, like it was on the eighth or ninth season. And so I was in hopes of getting a glimpse of Zach Braff, right? And Mm -hmm. he, I was like, oh, I go, hey, are y'all, he goes, are you here for the casting call? 
And I go, yes. And just you again, lying under pressure, right? Not <laughs> knowing what to say. And he goes, oh, okay. He goes, well, where's your headshot and stuff? And I go, oh, you know, I didn't think about the details. And I go, I'm a teacher from Texas. I, I just really love the show Scrubs. And I thought, you know, I saw that I knew they filmed here. And so I wanted to see if I could see anything or if was Zach Braff here. And he goes, oh, he goes, they actually wrapped Scrubs. Like they're done filming it, but they're, you're kind of in luck. He goes, because the hospital's open because they're doing a table read right now for a new show. And he goes, mm. it's called Cougar Town. And I go, huh? And I go, is anyone like starring in it that I might know? And he goes, uh, you know, Courtney Cox. And I was like, Monica from friends. Are you kidding me? I go, she's in the building. And he was like, but I was also trying to be cool, you know? So that's in my mm -hmm. head. I was just like, Oh yeah, I've heard of her, you know? And he goes, Hey, well, do you want to take a tour? He's like, you know, since it sounds like you're a big fan and you're from out of state, he goes, I'll take you around and show you, you know, you can see the dressing rooms and everything. And I was like, Oh my gosh. So he took me on a personal tour of the set and I'm like geeking out, like seeing Zach Braff's like dressing room, like taking pictures with the props, like all the stuff, like everything. And I'm leaving and the prop guy, I think his name was Tony. And he was like so nice. And one of the producers was walking in. He goes, Hey, this is actually a producer on the show scrubs. And he's going to be working on Cougar town. And he goes, this is Richard. And and um, he goes, Hey, this is Richard. This is Kendall. She's a teacher from Texas and she loves scrubs. And Richard goes, really? That's so cool. You came to like visit the set. And I was like by yourself. Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and he goes, um, how would you like to be an extra on Cougar town? He's like, how long are you here for? And I was like, I'm here all week. And he, I was like, um, yes. And he goes, okay, why don't you come inside? He's like, I'll take some pictures. He's like, you could be a high school student. And I'm like, okay. And so he got me a spot as an extra. And so I showed up like on my vacation for spring break and was a high school student in the pilot. And it was so cool. I actually got my friend who was flying in to Richard was so nice that he let her be um, a high school student with me where there's a scene where there's a fight. And so we like are pointing and going fight. And which is pretty funny because I'm a teacher. Right. And it's like, okay, I'm engaging as a high school student now. And then I'm also in a background scene at the football game where Courtney Cox and busy Phillips, they are sitting in front of me and I'm maybe like two rows back and they turn and they're like talking about, cause I think the premise of the show was at first supposed to be about cougars, like older women <laughs> dating younger guys, but it quickly changed to a show about friends because Courtney Cox is just so likable and good. Like they, they made it something like different later. Mm -hmm. And Bill Lawrence is the creator who also did scrubs mm -hmm. and a show called Ted Lasso. If you mm -hmm. Like oh, that yes. show. Oh, yes. Big fan. So I was like geeking out because I'm watching Bill Lawrence direct Courtney Cox and Busy Phillips in front of me, like so close. And you, I can like see the blue in their eyes. Like that's how close you are. And I got to see her have all these bloopers where she was messing up and laughing and oh, just wow. like Monica. And <laughs> do you remember any blooper in particular by chance? Um, 
she couldn't say, I, I would have to watch back. There was something that she couldn't say and she kept messing up. But what was cool was they kept trying different lines. Mm-hmm. So they had like so many different takes to see what would like land better. Um, and so I, what was interesting as an extra, right? You have to pretend you're talking to people, but you're just mouthing words. So I'm by myself. My friend wasn't there for that scene. And so I'm like, like dressed like it's summertime, but it's freezing outside. And I'm trying to like mouth words to strangers and like, like point and like act like I'm engaged. And at the same time, I know that they're about to turn and look and there's a couple making out in front of me and they're trying to guess like how old the woman is. That's like the whole scene. And so I'm trying to not laugh and try to look normal. And so if you, when you see me, I have this face and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not like, I'm kind of freaking out, but it was pretty cool. Like, uh, it's cool to look back on. And I'm in like maybe four scenes in the background and I got paid and I was there all night and I was like, I could do this like forever. It's so fun. (laughs) (laughs) Were you, so you're, especially in that one, the fight, the fight scene that you described, you're pretty center screen. Yeah. Did you receive, did whether it be Bill or someone working on it would y'all receive direction or would they come to talk to all you know announce just something to the extras in general or something or was it just kind of go just go with the flow they they just told us they were like act like you know this is what's they kind of generally directed us like this is what's going to happen y'all all are going to congregate and what my friend Anna and I were super annoyed because these two guys kept getting in front of us at the very end. And we're like, that's not what they're supposed to do. But like, you know, I'm trying to like, they didn't really tell us what to do. They're just like, act like, act like it's crazy, you know, or like Mm -hmm. get, they would kind of direct that way, but they didn't specifically like tell me like, okay, you're going to do this. They did block us though and kind of move us around. And I would always be like, oh my gosh, I hope I'm like close. And I had like a scene where I was walking, we were in a hallway and I was walking by one of the actors and I was like, Oh my gosh, like making eye contact. And he was like, really nice. He was like, hi, how's it going? Like before and watching the actors like rehearse, like be like, get in the, like their mindset beforehand. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is so cool to just see how it's all done. But so how long was that shoot? Cause you said he went overnight you said yeah I didn't get home like I think it was I I got paid overtime honestly because it was about eight hours it was into the night I think I got home at like two in the morning or three in the morning and then I went back a different day with my friend and then later I reached out because Richard had said if we're ever filming scrubs again and you're in town send me an email let me know but it shows how great he is like he's so nice and I shot him an email when I was going back in town and I said, any chance y'all are filming scrubs? And he goes, it's funny you ask, we're actually reshooting part of the pilot of Cougar Town again. So you can be in it again if you want. And I said, yeah. And so, which one of the, I remember one of the actors on set, one of the extras goes, Hey, so who's your agent? And I go (laughs) agent. And I go, he goes, yeah. And I go, I don't have an agent. And he goes, well, how are you here? And I go, I know Richard. And he goes, you know, the producer. And I was like, yeah, I'm a teacher. And he goes, what? (laughs) I was like, I'm from Texas. And he's like, and one of these extras was in like, not Vampire Diaries. He was in, uh, what's the Twilight? 
Twilight, and, I, yeah. and I like was talking with them and he's like, yeah, I'm in Twilight. And like, so all of these actors are le- legitimately trying to make it like the extras. And I got to just stumble in there and <laughs> like get on the show. Like, so it's kind of right place at the right time and not being afraid to talk to people. And sometimes people are really kind and give you opportunities and knew I was harmless, right? He's like, she's harmless. <laughs> She's a teacher. <laughs> so so uh, was there no, uh, you know, a new, there wasn't a possibility of, hey, I can, I can move out West. I can, I can keep it, I can keep it going, start a new, start a new career here. Or you just wanted to go out on top? I know. I mean, looking back, I'm like, mm, that could be a regret, right? Not, <laughs> taking a shot and moving out there um <laughs> on the flip yeah, side though know. on the flip side though it it went so well that i feel like that would be like a bad setup for if you're like all right i can do this and then you go through you know getting stopped or reject, <laughs> rejected rejected right. or something and it's just like so humbling so yeah to be able to be your first experience is just as good as good as can be exactly yeah it's a good it's a good story thinning things so yeah who knows though (laughs) yes i appreciate you gracing us with your pro i know just being such a big name around town and (laughs) fame and to you know just still just come on the show it's it's quite humbling i appreciate we appreciate it Uh, yeah of course (laughs) uh, yeah these were amazing and really cool and cool moments that kind of brings me to our total midpoint question that i like to ask each guest and that is a, you know, and it could be something you've already talk, talked about, but what is something that's happened in your life that made you feel like the coolest person in the world? Josh, honestly, that was going to be my story. That was. So when you brought it up, I was like, man, that's awesome. But I could go off the, and same with like the John Mayer thing, the Beyonce thing, but I felt pretty, so I'll, that was going to be my story, but I did feel pretty cool going to so you brought up Steven Jenkins and Mm -hmm. that's my favorite band third eye blind like again followed them around the world (laughs) going to concerts and I actually got Steven to film a little video for my students I so I do I teach speech and avid and so we were kind of studying the lyrics of wounded and talking like doing creative writing with it and so I filmed a little video of them you know, and showed some pictures of their reflections on it. And I told him about it in the meet and greet. And I was like, if, you know, would you like send a video, like record something with me? And he, at first I didn't think he was going to do it. And then he was like, you know what? Sure. And so he did a little video for my students and that's like, that was pretty cool. And then later, like fast forwarding down, you know, years, seeing him continuously, like normally I'm in the front row. I saw him in New York and the drummer uh, goes, Hey, you're that teacher, like remembered me. And this has had been like two years later. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, you're the teacher who like did, you know, talked about wounded. And, and he told Steven and Steven was like, why are you making eighth graders listen to third eye blind? And I was like, <laughs> I listened to third eye blind when I was an eighth grader. And so that was, that's a pretty cool moment. Like to have someone remember you. And so that was Besides the Cougar Town, probably is the the height of it. <laughs> but that's cool. that is really cool. Uh, you mentioned uh, so yeah, you teach speech, and you're an avid mm-hmm. teacher. 
Now, Avid was not something that was available to me growing up. Do you mind just, yeah, for those who yeah, may not be, yeah, may not be aware um, mm-hmm. of that class, do you mind giving a quick just expl- explainer on Avid? Sure. Yeah. So AVID, it stands for Advancement Via Individual Determination. It's a class um, geared toward college readiness. And so it's meant to close the achievement gap to prepare all students to be successful in college and outside of college, right? So a lot of times kids can get into college, but then they don't have the tools to get through it and be successful. So we work on organization, time management, study habits, um, leadership skills. Um, we have tutorials. And so it's meant to help you in your higher level classes and also expose you to different colleges and college terminology. And so we like, we get to do a lot of field trips and it's supposed to be geared towards students who are first generation college students. So their family might not have that knowledge of, you know, how do we apply? Like, what are some things that I should be doing now to get into it and then also be successful later? So mm-hmm. it really also just helps with um, confidence and it's like a family class. So it's really mm-hmm. cool. I love teaching it. And, you know, I move up with right now I'm teaching ninth and 10th graders and um, I taught sixth, seventh and eighth for years. And so it's been cool to kind of move up higher with the older kids and um, but yeah, I didn't have that as a class either. And when I was in high school, but it definitely gives you tools to be successful. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. So uh, I'm just, I'm just used to your standard, you know, math, science, language arts, just as a teacher in your career, how, how did you kind of be able to lead yourself towards being able to teach, teach that subject? Well, I started with teaching speech communication. So it's public speaking and That's what I majored in in college. I majored in communication, minored in business, never wanted to be a teacher, but I was a volunteer with Young Life at Mm -hmm. A&M, Allen Academy, did that for two years and I felt called to be a teacher. And so that's, I was like, well, what can I teach? You know, like I'm not like into math, science. And I was like, oh, like public speaking would be really cool. And Mm -hmm. so that's what I did. And I coached too. And I did that for four or five years as well as being a young life leader and then decided I wanted to give up coaching and just do speech. And then I found out about AVID and I was like, wow, like AVID has a lot of the same things as, you know, professional communication or um, speech. And so that's kind of, it was similar to what I was already teaching and that's how I got into it. Mm -hmm. What was the, yeah. So you studied, so you studied speech. Uh, What's the, biggest speech you've you've had to give or a big speech that you had had to present a big speech whether it was something um, you had to do for one of your classes or in another setting yeah I would say presenting for you know our faculty that's a big one I always get nervous presenting from like in front of colleagues more so than just teaching in general but um, I love getting, giving wedding toasts. Like that's kind of my favorite thing to do. <laughs> and I get excited for that. Yeah. That, so that's probably just leading, like, uh, leading our faculty in something or, oh, and also 
bringing, I've like done an assembly for our girls for the kind campaign. And, Mm -hmm. um, so that was like our entire girls and all of the middle school and, you know, talking in front of them. And so that's probably the biggest off the top of my head. I think that's the biggest speeches I've given. Mm -hmm. Many people struggle with the fear of public speaking, get nervous Mm -hmm. when they're having to stand up. What is some of your top advice or just lesson lessons to help to help with someone just whether it be in a small setting or big? What is mm-hmm. just kind of a general good good rule of thumb to to think about when having to do yeah. speak in public? I always say know your audience, right? You're gonna speak differently in front of your, you know, classmates or in front of younger people. I always say, talk about what you know, because when you're not familiar with what you're talking about, which means you're going to prepare, right? Mm -hmm. Don't try to use vocabulary that you're, you know, is out of your league or you've never said before, because it's going to make you even more nervous. So when you talk about something you're passionate about or that, you know, your nerves are going to come down. So I always tell my students that I also say that people are more concerned with themselves than they're concerned with you. So I'm like, it's just like if you're, you're out, like, let's say you're at a wedding or you're somewhere and you're dancing, like no one is really looking at your moves. Like they're thinking about their next move. Right. So I think my sister told me that one time and I was like, you know what? You're right. Like, I, like people are more like, they're thinking about what they're going to do, you know, after school or what they're, you know, they're in their head. So they're not being as like critical to you as you think like they're actually not detecting your nervous cues and habits um they're not as obvious right so don't be like so hard on yourself is what I say and so when when people hear that oh yeah you're right I do care about myself a little more I'm or I am not listening all the time to everything during presentations then it's like okay I can do this and then I say flip the switch I say fake it to make it like pretend like you're confident and then you'll eventually kind of feel it. So those are some, there's also like practicing and being prepared and, you know, more things that we work on throughout the class. But that's, that's the main thing is just trying to like, it's the fear of man that, you know, makes people most, you know, nervous about it is, oh, like, what if I mess up? What if I fail? What if I, what if people laugh at me? And so I'm like, well, you know, so we try to like conquer that first and gain mm-hmm. the confidence and that it really does help. It's my, fa- I love teaching it because people grow every single time they give speeches. And then I'm like, if anything, you might not love public speaking after this, but you're going to know you survived and you can do it if you have to. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really into, you know, gotcha journalism, you know, or the TMZ stuff, you know, but it's, it's what people like to listen to. So we have a little segment. It's a new one, that, a new game we're going to play. It is called Explain Your Receipt. And it is things that we found that you said. I promise once you hear them, it's not. <laughs> it is okay, not good. Be any, <laughs> yeah, I'll make it a lot more dramatic <laughs> than, what it, yeah. than what it is. I just have two. So I just have two quotes from, uh, from your podcast that I, when I heard them, I was like, I need, I need more, I need more information on okay. these. So, and for audience, again, her podcast is Pop Sports Talk. 
if you just want to have a good time during your week, it is worth <laughs> is definitely worth 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 a listen. So the only downside is that there is that she's a Dallas sports fan. That's the only downside. Um, how yeah. dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I know I can't. I don't want to go off the rails. We could. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> I know. I just drop a bomb like that and then move, yeah. move on. So all right, all right. First, first receipt on your podcast. You said that it would be fun to haunt someone. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Did I really? That's amazing. You did. I can't. I can't quite remember the. I can't quite remember the context. But you're talking about someone being haunted, and you said, "I feel like it would be fun to 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 haunt someone." And I, I just, I need to know why. Why that is? What what would what would be fun um, to uh, to not be alive and then haunt a live person in their play? So, yeah. So why this? I think how this was, it's like goosebumps and basically just meaning when you, I think I might've been referring to dating, like dating life, like saying, you know, people like haunt you, like, or they ghost you. And the haunting is where they pop up like unexpectedly and you've stopped thinking about them or they watch your story on Instagram and you're like, why are you watching me? You know? So I call that like a haunting. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I'm not sure why I said it would be fun to haunt someone because maybe I feel like I don't do those things. So I wasn't (laughs) thinking necessarily like die and be a ghost and haunt someone, but I feel like I, if I did, I'd be a friendly ghost and I would be help. I would help you out. But that's more what I was referring to. I think was, you know, the ghosting and just the life of, of dating in 2021, you know? I just need to affirm that I'm on good terms with you because I don't want to be worried yeah. here down the line. Yeah. Watch out. You might be spooked, you know? I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not, I'm not sleeping for the next few nights. So, <laughs> yeah. all right. Next receipt that I need you to explain. Okay. You, uh, you recently had an episode going over the, the Friends reunion that recently aired on HBO Max. And yes. you mentioned that that Ross and or David Schwimmer is one of your favorite friends. And I need to know how and why you can like such a horrible person. Cause Ross is. <gasps> yes. Oh my gosh. He is terrible. That... He, is, he is terrible. He that is... was a, that was that cut deep. Josh. Okay. <laughs> well, one, did you know that Ross is actually the friend that is in the most scenes of like all time so he has the most scenes and friends he is so funny like okay you cannot tell me that the leather pants episode when he is in like you can physically like you can feel yourself if you were wearing (laughs) leather pants and you you know we're like I'm so hot and you go to the bathroom (laughs) you take them off and you can't get them back on like how funny he (laughs) made that and so that is just the best there's something and I think when I was maybe watching friends going through it he wasn't my favorite like I always loved Jennifer Aniston and Phoebe and um, I still think Phoebe's probably my top one but I just think Ross is I think he's the funniest guy yeah, <laughs> I don't know. A, I he's de- he's definitely funny but when I look at the life choices across the show I'm like he's he's pretty he's pretty awful 
so. go back and watch that leather pants episode <laughs> that is great <laughs> that that moment and when he first meets uh, paul rudd and they hang out together uh, by, yeah. by themselves and they and they don't know and like all of his conversation topics end within the first 30 seconds that that was my that's my personal favorite yeah. <laughs> ross, uh, ross okay. moment so i go back okay. to that i go back to that one so you are a friends fan though i'm a i'm a friends fan i'm just saying when it comes to like relationship choices and how he reacted to uh two things uh, watching it through watching it through i'm like this is yeah this i was like hey rach go you need to go to paris like don't (laughs) don't yeah well that's season 10 ross that's not my favorite ross (laughs) <laughs> I like her. Yeah, see, uh, see the first couple seasons, and then that middle, that middle section when he's just single and like the leather pants moment. Uh, oh, he got, he, so he got, he got in a groove. He got in a good groove. Yes, yeah, that was probably my favorite stretch of Ross. Okay, good. I'm glad we found awesome. common ground then yeah, for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I didn't want to. Yeah, I didn't want to be haunted by it. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, Kendall, uh, that is wrapping up our time. But we like to end each interview um, with one with one question, and that is, uh, wh- uh, what is the last thing, big or small, that brought you joy? Okay, let's see. So I went just went on a trip to. Yellowstone and um, Jackson Hole with two of my best friends. We do a big hiking trip every year and we were on the hike, right? And it um, was in the Grand Tetons and it's like a 17, 18 mile hike. And we get to a point and we were like, there's snow. We weren't prepared for the snow and we were just like post holing, which I learned that term. I did not know about it. And we're falling through the snow, and I—I I don't. Got to I a, do not know about this. Can, do I need you to tell you what post holing I, is? I, I do. I personally do, and maybe a listener <laughs> does. So yes, what what is post holing? <laughs> so post holing is when you your like foot falls through like a foot of snow, and like you, uh, okay. it feels like you're gonna die. Like you're like, oh my gosh, like you're yeah. walking normal, and all of a sudden, and it can be your whole body falls through too. But like you're okay. But you have to just like step out of it, but it's mentally defeating, right? Because you're like, don't know when it's going to happen. And we had like, we're almost to, we're going to see like solitude. Right. And we're like, okay, we're almost there. And we stopped on this rock because like Audrey had literally like fallen her whole body had fallen through a post hole and I had to like help her out. And we're like dying laughing, but so defeated. And we just sat there and we're like, is it worth it to keep going? Like, are we going to get hurt? And we like looked at each other and I'm like, look how beautiful it is. Like, let's like take a minute and look around. Like we are at an amazing point. Who says we have to go to Lake Solitude? You know, I was like, it's not really about, you know, the other side of the mountain or the destination. It's like the journey. Right. And Mm -hmm. we like, we weren't enjoying ourselves anymore. Right. We're like falling through and we're like, we're the athletes. Like we're like, Oh, you know, we, went to high school together. We're in athletics and we're like, you know, we got to finish though. Like, I was like, you know what? Like, who cares? Like, this is our story and our journey. And we both like all looked at each other and we were like laughing and we're like, let's just turn back around and go, go back. Like, let's take a picture and like, let's call it a day. And it was 17 miles. So it was like, we had like one more mile to go. 
but it brought so much joy because I was like, you know what? Like we made that decision together and it was a beautiful journey. And then even when I got back, just thinking about it, I feel like that's why I love hiking in general. Cause it's so symbolic to life, right? Like the post holes or all the things like this year, like we're hitting those obstacles and falling through. And, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't really thinking that in the moment, but just later, I think I was just back home in Dallas. And I was like, that was a really, I'm really glad we stopped when we did. And I feel like Lake solitude wanted to be left alone anyways. Like it didn't need to be found. That's why it's called <laughs> solitude. So that was like normally we would have been defeated by that like but instead we were like you know that's our story so that brought me joy and just being you know in a beautiful place in the mountains so was that your first time in the Grand Tetons it was yeah we were supposed to go last in 2020 and we had to cancel it Mm. um and so yeah it was great to all be back together and we do a hiking trip so we picked we're actually going to Denali in Alaska next year yeah. Brilliant. Well, Kendall, um, this, this was very fun. Thank you so, so much. Um, <laughs> had, a, had a great time. Thank you for sharing uh, those lovely stories and thank you for your input and passing down that sage wisdom with both celebrity <laughs> sightings and with public speaking, lots of good lessons for our listeners to, uh, to take into their weeks. So we're not just, a, it's not just a podcast, it's an educational resource. Yeah, we're lifelong learners, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Perfectly, perfectly said. So thank you so much for coming on. I guess before uh, before we head out, is there anything you'd like to to hype up, to share, Um, how how people can find your podcast or anything that they can follow? Yeah, if you want to hear more stories, um, Pop Sports Talk. You can follow us on Instagram. Uh, we're still working on TikTok, but we're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And um, yeah, we talk about sports, but mainly just about stories and life and some pop culture. So if you want to hear more fun stories, tune in. But Josh, this has been so fun. I like I loved your first episode and I'm excited to hear more. So good job with this. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much. And maybe higher down the road, uh, we can we can have the Dallas sports discussion on, uh, on another yes. episode. Definitely look forward <laughs> to it. <laughs> so, all right, Kendall, I, pre- I appreciate you. And uh, we'll uh, we'll chat soon. Take care. All right. Have a good one. go it's week two of loki we back. back we back <laughs> you did josh josh what are the what are the early returns on this on this podcast it, it like i had i've had some good things uh did jeffrey bezos call and say amazon's ready to drop the bag yeah uh, i'll be uh i'll be back as i call him he yeah i got a voicemail pending from him um, I got, I got Elon. Um, he's been bugging, he's been bugging me all, all week. And I'm just like, yeah. Do you think like we could pull, like um, be the new U2 of Apple and like preload our podcasts into all Teslas? Uh, you know, I don't want to pull like a U2 on iTunes type situation <laughs> and, you know, enforce ourselves, but at least, you know, some, something like that, but
We are coming with you with episode two. Loki happened last week. If you don't know, me and Vinny, um, we are both uh, new to uh, new to the dad game, and we had hey, happy Father's Day. Yes, happy Father's Day to you too. How was your Father's Day? Uh, my wife left me alone with my child, and he is still alive. And so, for that, I am grateful. Mm. Well done. Well done. What about you? I watched Back to the Future. Did you really? On Sunday, yep. <laughs> I, had a, I had my own choice of movie. I was like, man, I haven't seen this. I haven't seen this in a long time. And that, Josh, to that point, like <laughs> time travel. Time travel, Loki, all this stuff. In your mind, uh, and, and this is a new, I'm going to do this to you every week. I'm going to make you rank. If people know anything about me, there's three There's three things in my life I'm passionate about. One is I, I love hot takes. We get to do that here. Two yep. is I love to cook. I love food more than anything. Three, I love random rankings of anything. I will like, Who Josh doesn't? knows me. I just will say, I just drop it into a text thread. Give me your top three, this, go. And so, Josh, every week on the spot, I'm going to hear, tell me, but what's the best use of time travel in all uh, of all mediums of pop culture? You have 30 <laughs> seconds to give me your top three. Uh, oh, God. Oh, gosh. Uh, 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 Freaky Friday. No, that doesn't incorporate. Uh, <laughs> gosh. Uh, good Lord. Uh, okay. I'm going. Num- I'm going. Number one, back back to the future. Yes, uh, number correct. two. Number two, I'm going Terminator 2. Oh, great one. And three, this may be this may be sizzle. I'm not saying it's a hot take, but maybe sizzle. I'm gonna go looper for an hour. Looper, okay. For Ryan hour, Johnson movie, right? Number, yeah, yeah. Ryan Johnson, um, Star Wars fans' favorite favorite <laughs> Ryan Johnson. The most agreeable Star Wars take of all time. That everyone <laughs> loved that movie, and everyone agrees on it. Josh, what about Josh? Have you seen About Time? I have. Man, that's did you I, cry if, if you would have given me 45 <laughs> seconds then i then i would have changed it all and put about time josh harry one. potter in the prisoner of azkaban hermione granger and the time turner come on uh, you know actually i don't know if i'd have that in mind oh my gosh so, so the other feedback that i got besides jeffrey business yeah. when i dropped the bag is that yeah. i was entirely too nice to you last week so people that know me are like nice. well yeah so josh just um if you could quit being such an idiot with your Harry Potter <laughs> takes, I'd appreciate it. So, um, uh, yeah, I nineteen-year-old Vince was uh, I was formed by the 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 flames of Hermione Granger love. So I think it's a special place in my heart. I was I was in love with a a fictional wizard for a good part of my uh, early early adulthood. All right, we're gonna have yeah, to rank. We're gonna have to rank Harry Potter another time because I we have to keep we have to keep <laughs> going. We got to stay. We got to stay on time travel because time travel came up quite a bit in this last episode of Loki. I'm gonna give the very uh, novice summary for y'all. So it starts off our variant that we're trying to trying to capture the Loki variant. He sets an attack at a at a at a Rin fair. Mm-hmm. Um, brought brought back glory. Glory days of heading uh, heading to Brent. I think it was Brenham, Brenham, Texas. <laughs> um, I and I was so glad that it wasn't set there because that would have broke my heart to see some Rin, my Renfesters get struck down. But so they they go investigate. Loki does his first attempt to try to trick his way, try to manipulate his way out of the TVA. Send them up, Owen Wilson, Mobius, 
sees right through it. He ain't having it. They go back to the TVA. Owen Wilson puts him in timeout. He says, hey, you need to, re- you need to re- do your research. You need to find out where this Loki's going Loki's to be. In the meantime, while Owen Wilson's put him in timeout, he's also defending him to Miss Ramona Renslayer, saying, hey, this guy's going to help me figure it out. We're right on the cusp. I could feel it. And then we have a nice little buddy-buddy detective work with Mobius and Loki. They, re- they go to the library. They talk over lunch. They find a new theory that if you hide out in, a, in an apop- apocalyptic event, then it will not affect the timeline in any way. and Nobody will know that you were there. So they go off this theory. If you remember the... The futuristic gum from the previous episode, Owen Wilson pulls that out. Kablooey. Kablooey. He gets some, he says Kablooey. He has a little mind Kablooey and he says, I found it. There's this event, Alabama in the year 2050. There's this big hurricane that wipes out this whole city. That is where our Loki variant is. They take the team there. They ride them together. Loki pops up and all of a sudden there she is. The, the Loki, the Loki variant. And she has set up all the different TVA timeline timeline bombs all across the place. Mm. She sets she sets fire to the rain and watched it burn. Mm. The master timeline has been attacked. And that's where we cut to black with Lady Loki. I'm just saying Lady Loki and the actual Loki leaving to a place we don't know where to. And looks like chaos is in our midst so josh i'm gonna i'm gonna challenge you to put adele lyrics in your recaps every week i heard that subtle uh subtle inclusion there so just that's uh my challenge for you moving forward challenge challenge accepted (laughs) new segment new segment coming in so with with that mr nunley what were some what was a favorite moment or some favorite moments from this past episode yeah, my f- I, just to be, I'm still loving this show, and I share my takes on the Disney Plus shows movie last week. This is just reaffirming what I did. I had to watch this episode twice. It got great on the second watch. There's a lot going on. It's, t- it's confusing. The time traveling's all over the place. But the the just the, my favorite part is the smallest moments. The smallest moments of Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston just chumming it up. And I'm and, and like it's just some of the best. Like these dudes' personas are so good. And so like my favorite part of this whole show was after the Ren Fair, uh, which remind me, remember that Martin Lawrence movie from like early two thousands called Black Knight. Anyways, great movie. Who hasn't? Uh, yeah, who hasn't seen it? But <laughs> I I was thinking of that the whole time. But the um. But just when they came back to the TVA and they were just going at it. And I think I, and I was thinking about why I like this show so much, Josh. And it's, and I think I put my finger on it and it's this Loki is a character that is, he's the God of mischief, right? He is constantly using his powers. I mean, he, in a way 
killed one of the, like the MCU's like favorite like good good guys in Coulson using his 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 you know mischief and he's he's absent of all of that and so when he is disarmed of all of these kind of tricks that he does and I love I love that the TVA didn't fall for his trick at the Ren Fair they just instantly knew it they were like we've seen this it was like watching Bill Belichick it's like he saw it on tape he didn't need it so I just love the disarming of Loki and making him much more of like a human character and just like the response of Owen Wilson or Mobius back to him is like, seriously, I could watch these guys go back and forth all day. And just the way that he kind of like the utter lack of respect, kind of like I have for you after not including Harry Potter earlier is like, it's one of my favorite things. There is a, just this inclusion of this like mutual need for each other, but the respect is like teetering back and forth. So I'm loving it. I think it's a great time. I thought, the um, reveal at the end was great. I'm, I'm, I kind of love the apocalyptic stuff, you know, going to Pompeii and, and um, seeing those events was interesting. But again, like they could just hang out in the TVA for four more episodes. And I genuinely am like, this is awesome. So I, what about you? What was your what was your favorite parts? I think one of the greatest gifts Owen Wilson has as an actor is he the moments where he gets excited with with someone with a co-character and they come like together to be excited on a on a shared goal i think back uh shanghai noon when like when he became a star with (sighs) jackie chan when they kind of came together with the plan and got excited those were my favorite moments of course wedding crashers Mm -hmm. him and when him him and vince Vaughn or Pot or not you, definitely not you. <laughs> so, uh, uh, hello, all uh, my wife. Uh, I have not crashed any weddings recently. Thank you. <laughs> Happy Father's Day not to su- me. Not successfully, at least. Yeah. Um, oh, so when they're getting excited about what they're going to do, and that's that was the part I got happiest about during this episode is when they're investigating and they kind of both have the light bulb moment of, oh, this is where the very variant could be they're trying and they have even a battle there's not even a prize on the line it's just a, a battle of pride of who's going to find out where this var- variant is and so yeah just kind of like the episode before where your favorite moments are them kind of gaining a shared understanding in the interrogation room kind of them gaining more of that both in the library and in the mess hall of sorts that yeah. just tends to be where the heart of the show show is so with four episodes left we now have a third a third of the series so far has been a lot of this pretty heavy exposition having to explain time travel you know having to explain nexus events and the impact of time timelines do you think it's at a point now since we don't have too much time left do you think it's at a point where you know next episode or the next couple episodes we need to start picking up the pace or do you think it's still in a engaging you know, they could keep going, they could do this all season and be good with it. Or do you think it's kind of, all right, we need to start uh, up in the ante here. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it lacks stakes. So I'll say that first. I don't think it lacks stakes at all. And, you know, I think one of my favorite things, and look, I am, I am just, I'm there with anyone else. I'm, I'm the guy that loves to, you know, get, get that, that internet theorizing break down the the youtube easter egg videos i love that stuff but i just love the show because i don't care like i don't care who the timekeepers are i'll be interested when i find out but so far i have not felt the need to get any sort of like new information and like 
Josh, this show has a significant lack of like action, which is like sometimes you think about it and I'm like, I feel like I'm watching, it's very like, it's almost like an Aaron Sorkinism show. Like, you know, you're getting, you're getting the walk and talks of like a West Wing. You're getting these kind of, so much of the vibe reminds me of Mad Men. And so I love that. Look, it's a Marvel show. I'm sure there's going to be some action coming, but I love that there's no like super powered beings and that they did strip Loki of that. So I'm, I'm content where the show's going. Honestly, my biggest concern right now is the fact that, that my favorite part of the show is Loki and Mobius um, chopping it up and they're now separated. So I'm, I'm worried about that a little bit of, of where they go, but I'm excited to see what happens with the Sofia de Martino character. Um, and as we kind of dive a little bit more in there and I, and I do think that like a Mobius and Owen Wilson's character is coming to like a, a reckoning with like what the TVA stands for, what his role is there. So I, I'm happy where it's at. We're, um, I think when I w- was watching Falcon and Winter Soldier, I remember multiple points of the show of just like, no matter what happens, I think the show needs to be longer for it to be as successful as I want it to be. And I'm not feeling that right now. So wh- wh- where's your, where's your vibe on it? I think when, when Infinity War Endgame came out and when I, when I personally found out about these series of shows coming out and getting to see more of these trailers, what got me jazzed up the most was was what was what we're kind of seeing in these first couple episodes and kind of what we saw towards the beginning of Falcon Winter Soldier is seeing these heroes or anti-heroes that have been a part of these huge galactic wars far beyond the galaxy and bringing them into a smaller environment and putting them in a more relatable space and seeing them kind of do things that I do uh, during, mm-hmm. during, during the week, seeing Sam and Falcon, just trying to see his fam, family in, <laughs> in Louisiana, you know, money. When money I think of you, Josh, I always think about you working on your boat, man. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Just trying to, just trying to get that net untangled. You know, <laughs> just trying to find that right spot in the Bay. Uh, we're yeah. going to, we're going to find it. So, <laughs> someday and to know the you know josh if i had to ask, what would you, what would you say your favorite fish to catch is um like um <laughs> like the it's the it's that one it's yeah like yeah really, it's the really big one the like the uh kind of like the manor the shark the shark the shark that's my favorite <laughs> the manners yeah yeah sharks okay. are anyways you know, they put up such a <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> oh that was great um but yeah see so so yeah i'm i'm there with you where i yeah i like the just trying to kind of go through not go through the motions but i guess more more realistic real real life even though this is set in a in a time variance <laughs> uh authority so as realistic as you can rel- relatively but i enjoy that just kind of them re- uh, reacting and when it kind of gets them to the grander in the grander schemes, I guess in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to see that. I'll see that in the movie theater, you know, and I, mm-hmm. and I guess I'm seeing more, see more of how this can maybe connect, connect the dots a little bit more and kind of in Falcon Winter Soldier, I was hoping it would have a little bit more impact on fu- future events, but it was still, it was still a lot of fun, but yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. I guess it's more the, the exposition stuff. I think moving. I think moving on from that could be could be beneficial because in my for me my favorite time travel 
time travel movies they don't get too caught in the weeds um yeah of it even say you even said to yourself you don't care too too much you know as long as it's just kind of on the as long as it just makes sense like on the surface when you're first told first told but marvel seems to be making the concerted effort of hey yeah we need to break down and we got to show you all the show you all the ins and outs is that something they think could I don't know if backfire is the right word. I don't know if Marvel could backfire at this this point. But is it something yeah. that could br- bring the show down, or will or will it elevate it moving forward? Trying to account for all these different continuity continuity within the time timeline. So they it's such a massive it's such a massive universe. So now to throw time travel and having to keep that all balanced and to make make sense makes me wonder if they're juggling too much. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say this. Marvel's time travel is not great. It, it's con- it's convoluted. It doesn't always make sense. The rules don't apply all the same, but that's comics books. I mean, that's comic books. And, and, and you know what, Josh? I just don't think it matters. I don't think it matters. I don't think that they are. I think the, the, the biggest thing they know is to not get to not get too like this is not a Christopher Nolan movie. Like Tenet, you had to break down and, and like get deep into Reddit. And you know what? For Marvel, it doesn't matter because if time travel is just an avenue for us to get back with the character Loki, that's great. Here's my thing. This is where I do worry. You know, this is one of these things I stay up late at night and just sweat through my sheets thinking about. Mm-hmm. But like I do want to ensure that we are in a position where the kind of stakes that are being had for people are not so like, can be so undone by time travel. Like I think Loki's sacrifice in Endgame is one of the great moments. And while I'm, I'm glad to have him back on my screen and I hope this character keeps going, I don't want to sit there after every Marvel movie and just wonder, okay, is this person going to be back in a different universe? Um, you know, the Iron Man situation is, is one that I'm, I don't want to see him again. And so I think that's good. I, I do think the time travel aspect of it all is a little confusing, but that's okay. It's okay. It's not, it's not a, it's not a deep theory view of how time travel works. Um, and I think they're just trying to do their best to get by. Granted, we're moving into a future multiverse of madness where this is obviously going to be a huge plot point. By the way, Loki's sacrifice was infinity war, not yep. that in game. So not so well versed, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> oh man i hate you so should we talk about the uh should we talk about the upcoming film festival releases or so uh, yeah do you want to get in the boom mics and all that we're, um, I'm, uh, I'm, ha- I'm, ha- I'm happy to uh with that let's get let's get to some hot takes shall we hmm. i got a couple i got two from the episode and i got one wild card mm, for you okay. by the way this is uh this is great grade that take we are really hoping to get this sponsored who's your eventually. dream sponsor for a grade that take oh definitely a monster energy drinks <laughs> <laughs> only if we can it won't have they made it a monster with an affliction logo on the front of it yet because if they haven't that's for free jeffrey bezos call me <laughs> i just need an iv form for, <laughs> for this it's the only way i can keep up let's All go right. with the let's go with the first one so Throughout this episode, or both episodes one and two, Loki has been wanting to get in front of the timekeepers. He's mm-hmm. mentioned that when he met with Lady Loki, he even said, "I'm gonna, I'm trying to get in front of the, I'm trying to get in front of these guys. And I'm gonna mess some things up." 
So he's putting on a strong front that he really wants to see these head timekeepers that are over the TVA, over all the timelines, and that he's going to wreak havoc with them. But my first hot take is Loki does not want to create havoc. That indeed, he just wants to get in front of the timekeepers so he can save his mom from mm-hmm. Thor and Thor the Dark World from her fatal fate that ha- happened there. How would you gra- how would you grade that take? Josh, it's so hot. You know why it's so hot? Because it's right. It's right. I 100% agree with you. I love the Lady Loki. We're just going to keep going on that, even though, yeah, you, you can you can peruse the internet and figure out that might not be who that is. But the female variant of Loki, one of these things for you well-versed boys out there and girls of, of, of late comics is that the the half horn on her is a is a great note to one of like a 2000 uh, 2014 Agent of Asgard comic book. Suck on that, Josh. I'm coming at you with some deep, <laughs> deep knowledge here. Mm. But that, uh, but yeah, motivation of that character is that of like wanting to undo the God of Mischief aspect of it, wanting to kind of undo what I'll say is like a big time villain. So I could see, look, if we're going to lose Mobius and we're going to lose Loki and we get that, but I think that we're already kind of seeing that transition inside Loki because I think you're exactly right. Do I think it's for his mom, Josh? No, I think that's no. I think it's bigger than that. I think it's I think it's Asgard. I think it's the whole world. I think that Loki is kind of seeing his ways. And can we disagree? Like the TVA and the timekeeper timekeepers are like bad. They're bad people. They're bad. We should not like them. We should not be cheering for them. And I'm genuinely concerned of what they could be have been doing to my guy Mobius because I am, I'm getting very uh, intertwined in his, in his well-being. You know, when he says, I wrote this down, existence is chaos. Nothing makes any sense. So why, why, so we try to make some sense of it. And I'm just lucky that the chaos I emerged into gave me all this, my own glorious purpose. And in like, if that man is going to have to come to grips with what's actually happening at the TVA, it's going to be heartbreaking. So great take, Josh. I sizzling, sizzling like a hot place of hot plate of fajitas coming out of the back of a chilies. Ooh, ooh, man! I'm gonna put that. I'm gonna put that on my gravestone. We're speaking. Spon- sponsor us, chilies. <laughs> Dang, what yeah. if? What if chilies sponsor? Oh this my segment? gosh! I'd retire on the spot. I got my baby, my baby. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> we brought up Mobius. We're talking about TVA. Yep, all signs point to not good. This hot take is more of a prediction it's more of a prediction i think this is probably where we're heading this is predicting the moment when um, this take is by the end of next episode this episode three mm-hmm. mm, timeline mobius is going to be done with the tva and give me and going rogue to go either team up team up with loki trying to get back trying to get back together with them and solve solve this thing once and for all or just going going off but he will be out of He's going to be out of the TVA headquarters, out in the timeline, trying to save the world with Loki. And this is all going to happen by the by the end of that, by the time the credits roll on episode mm-hmm. three. Josh, your last take was so good because it was so right. And this one is so bad because it's so wrong. <laughs> it's so bad. So this is a this is a like a hot a hot dog that's been sitting on the stove for four hours, lukewarm at best. Probably gonna probably gonna give you food poisoning. Look, this is the truth. This is my prediction. Owen Wilson, 
I, I'm afraid to say, it. I think this guy's getting, he's getting pruned. He's getting reset. Those, mm-hmm. those rings from his cocktail on, on Ramona Lauren Slayer's table where I just saw that. And I was like instantly the Leo meme from once upon a time in Hollywood. And I was just like, this is it. This is it. This is, they're telling me something right here. Those big statues behind her, the rings, the jealousy, Josh, Mobius, those were all items that he had brought in her before. He just has been reset. And so this is what my prediction, he's going to come out of this episode. He's the very end, the closing credits. He's going to come to grips that the TVA has been using him and that same, his own glorious purpose that he is so lucky that he emerged into is he's going to realize it's all a lie. And honestly, I think that the the next episode is mostly going to revolve around uh, Lady Loki and Loki uh, themselves. So I don't know how much screen time he's going to get, but yeah, Josh is Josh is Owen Wilson. Okay, is Owen Wilson the best actor in the MCU ever, or is he the best cast, most perfectly fit actor in the MCU ever? I'm leaning more towards the latter, just because of the way he's. There's just a lot. There's a lot you have to intake with this show, and how much it has to explain, and the way he's able to carry carry it and be charming and entertaining is it's really under underrated and probably under underappreciated mm-hmm. i don't know because there's probably a i can't even think of the select few that you could replace there that no make, that that make up that make that as as entertaining and yeah want you to, and want you to care and want you to carry forward with the story so uh, yeah it wouldn't work it wouldn't work and i i'm probably i'm probably you know lavishing over him too much but it's just it's genuinely great so who's the best actor ever then josh you have under 10 seconds to answer okay uh (laughs) if you can't see i'm sinking lower into the abyss oh gosh Uh, you have have three seconds oh my gosh uh i'm going with leo leo wait josh i said in the mcu oh in the mcu it's still leo <laughs> leo's not in the mcu i just heard best i just heard best action <laughs> uh, i think oh, we just gosh. broke i think we just broke breaking news that leo is now featured in the mcu coming 2045 yeah, I, I spoke it i spoke it into existence yeah robert so, redford heard you say that and uh it's not happy okay yeah okay dude he was mail. he was mailing it in yeah so he, he was like, "Oh, I got this. This is what how much comes with being in a movie." All right, <laughs> inflation, man. I have Stum to do wonders. I have to do what? I just have to read this cue card. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson's gonna kick me in the throat. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I do that for free. Oh. What? Uh, uh, <laughs> I did not expect Robert Redford to be catching strays this afternoon, but here we are. Hey, so. that's that's the type. That's the type of fire they put on the show. Okay. Hey, we have, hey, we have one more hot take. Okay. Yeah, if I do think that the new Fast and Furious movie is the front runner at the Oscars. So, oh, yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, that's you're teasing next week. So, <laughs> bearing the lead. Uh, this one is just complete wild, complete wild card, and this is Honey Nut Cheerios is better than Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cereal. <sighs> You know, when you're eating the Honey Nut Cheerios, you feel like you're doing something good for you. Even though you're probably not. It's probably all a lie. But until Honey Nut Cheerios gives me that sweet cinnamon residue milk 
that I get to slurp down ever, then I can do it. So I know you're a TikTok star and you, uh, you know, make your TikToks about Honey Nut Cheerios, but uh, you're wrong once again. So congratulations. Uh, you're one for three, which is a respectful batting average in hey, Major League I'm getting, Baseball. I'm, I'm getting paid if I'm batting 333. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, uh, so you would probably say that my first take was probably like the mini cheeseburgers at Chili's. And then the next two were probably like, bomb burritos from the 7-eleven yeah. <laughs> bomb burritos is that yeah i have so many jokes that are in poor taste so i'm just gonna <laughs> just act like you didn't say that and move on oh, uh, all right any any last any last thoughts on this on this episode before we uh we send this down the rainbow road to week three no, I just I'm loving I'm loving this show. I'm having a good time. I am um, excited to see where it goes. I think the apocalyptic events were fun. I think the acting has been great. I'm 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 weirdly kind of obsessed with the aesthetic of the show. Um, I think that's been one of my like weirdly favorite parts. The whole variant jacket with the yellow letters on the back like maybe chuckle. Um, I'm just, I'm just excited. Um, I think this is, this is good stuff. I'm excited to keep moving on in this journey, keep talking about it. I think there's so much to unwind and we're just getting started. Very good. Lastly, any movies in the last week you've watched? Yeah, I watched uh, In the Heights, thought it was uh, streaming on HBO Max, which I could have seen it in a theater. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was really fun. I thought it was fun. I thought it was good. I think uh, Andy Ramos is a, is a young promising star. And um, yeah, if you've seen that movie, I thought there were, there's kind of two couples in the movie. I thought one of them worked really well. I thought one of them was really interesting. I kind of wish the whole movie was about them and the other one was kind of mediocre. So it was fun. It's like unapologetically a musical and not all musicals that you get on TV these days are, are that. And I thought because of that, I had a good time. Um, I am, what about, I I'm ready to, I know, think you told me you watched Luca. How is it? Yes. Luca. Not to be confused with the Mavs basketball player who continues to be eliminated in the first round of the NBA playoffs. It is Luca with a C and is far (laughs) superior than Luca with a K. Okay. Um, but that doesn't mean it's all that good. Um, but it is, we just, we just lost our four loyal Mavs listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the best thing about Luca is it is, less than an hour 40 minutes oh and it is it is good just quality entertainment for the whole for the whole fam just good thing to just sit back relax and be done be done by bedtime but it's a it's a hard it's a hard follow-up to soul because soul mm. soul was a gem and a lot and a love lovely film and this was a it almost kind of like a bit of a palate cleanser it was almost mm. like hey we can't mm. uh-huh. yeah it's like soul was so deep so rich and it's like hey we can't go back to back here we need just something just something yeah. light light and refreshing here so, so josh I- those like animators that spent like eight years of their life making that movie you're like hey this is great it was like the uh it's like the lightly salted popcorn at the bar to cleanse my palate do you think that'll make them feel good yeah you're like hey i enjoy true <laughs> i enjoy truly's after a big after a big meal there's not there's nothing wrong with that truly that's our next sponsor pitch yeah <laughs> this this podcast is going to turn into me begging for money that uh, we're definitely never going to see so i'm looking forward to it yes thank you to chili's thank you to truly's <laughs> for spot for sponsoring you can love go. that chicken from popeyes i can confirm that their uh two for 20 is still available oh. at, at chili at chili's that is oh. the best deal 
on the market. You can find Shirley's at any at any Kroger, Tom Thumb, Sam's, uh, Sam's Club, all all of it. Vinny Mac, it's been real. Hey, we'll see you next week. Can't wait to see how my takes come true. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> Appreciate you, buddy.